them are you okay are you really okay is there anything I can do for you are you happy praise God 
Bambi, sorry, the tent was. Eh? Sorry, I know. Blame Sylvia Namata. She's called Sylvia Namata. I told her to get a bigger tent. You blame her. So when you see someone called Sylvia Namata walking around, say, that's the woman eh? who squeezed us that Sunday. Praise the Lord. She seated on the second row. So if, if you want to shoot, it's the next row. Someone, like, she's like, round there. Praise God. So if you're looking for someone to shoot, just look around there. Praise God. Get a hold of your friend. I want to bless it. Father, I thank you for the most generous people in the world after me. Bless them, increase them, multiply them in Jesus' name. Amen. By the way, I also was asked by finance to give this announcement. Um, we need to explain time dynamics. One, we have noticed that some of you put money in the envelopes and you don't write anything. Are you hearing me? right? We ask you when you put anything in the envelopes, please indicate whether it's uh, tithes or offering or prisons or manifest or fast fruit, whatever it is, indicate right on the envelopes. There are some of you who don't use envelopes. It's okay not to use envelopes if you're dealing with a love offering and stuff like that, right? So for the love offering, you just put it in. That's okay. With that one we can identify and say if it's not written on, therefore it's love offering, Okay. Please make sure you write on the envelope. Some of you don't take time to write. Write. Is that okay? Praise God. Women's Conference is here. Wow, I love your enthusiasm. I love your enthusiasm. Praise God. I wish you were here when we're announcing Men's Conference. We said, Men's Conference is here. Some get Yeah, yeah, praise God, yeah. <laughs> Men, I don't hear you. Yeah. <laughs> praise God. Oh my God, I'm so excited. I'm not excited. I'm excited. Hallelujah. That day, Kololo. But carry, carry umbrellas because of the, of the, of the, of the sunshine, eh? eh? That day, get a car, ambi or umbrella, sorry. Or... Some of you have some nice caps, eh? hats. I've seen some women with some nice hats. Eh? I saw some women with very beautiful hats. Hey, you get your hat and eh? alarm yourself. Praise God. So it's going to be an exciting moment. Cindy's here. Um, we, we, we're going to have a lot of fun. I'm going to bring a fashion person to talk to you how to dress. You understand? It's, it's going to be awesome. We're going to have dancers that day, local dances, Maganda, what? That they come to dance also. Such that in the afternoon when they carry you, hey, you've done enough exercises. Praise God. But it's going to be a wonderful service. It's going to be a wonderful time. It's going to be memorable. It's going to be a time many of you will forever live to remember. Praise God. We want to give a certain brand and class to the women's ministry. And, 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 and the, the speed at which women mobilize is crazy. That's why we are going to Kololo. While the men are still in Uma. Yeah. Yeah. Hallelujah, Apostle. <laughs> yeah. Praise God. So those of you who want to uh, invite people, 
please come to the service table, go to there. We also are doing what they call e-invitations, e where you send a list of people you want, and then we design a card for you and put the exact names, and then we send them back to you. So their WhatsApp numbers also, I think, should be put up on the screen. Um, sometimes the screen person leaves me, or we leave each other. Somebody just stretch your hands towards the person on the screen. Just, just speak words of love and affirmation. Say, Father, help that dear sister. In Jesus' mighty name. Yes, so those are WhatsApp numbers for the e-invites. If you have friends that you want to invite electronically, you just send the numbers to us to any of those WhatsApp numbers. Leave them there. Leave those numbers there. You know you can. You can even change right now and put you know, a picture of a, of a Bible opening. So those, those numbers, right, that are written there, you just write one of them. You say, you know, I have a list of like eh, 20 people. Can you send me an e-card? They give you an e-card. You send it. Some of you, some of you want physical cards. You know, there are some people who are so VIP that if you don't write for them a, a physical card, they won't come. Even those ones, you send us numbers. We shall give you physical cards to go to those people and what? And deliver them cards. Is that Okay. Yes. So we're also looking for quite a number of volunteers. So those of you who please feel led to volunteer, please volunteer and do something. We're doing the reach outs, call centers. There are many things we are doing. Is there a meeting of, of mobilization today after service? Huh? Yes. We, I think, do every Sunday now a meeting after service for residentials. Those of you who come from different residences, we put you in different groups to help you help us to reach out to those people and then plans are discussed on that. Bambi, stay back and help these guys. You know, some of you have received too much. Yeah? But then after service, you just get your bag and go. Praise God. So we need you guys to get through in mobilization. For mobilization, even men are welcome. Right? But uh, because we are not only mobilizing for women's conference, but that is going to pour into the anniversary. Is that okay? Uh, so we need volunteers for that. Uh, we, whoever feels led by God to do that. You, you please be there. Praise God. And gentlemen, women's conference, we mobilize for them, but you don't come. We don't come. We need ushers. If you are ushers and you are an usher, we shall call you. You know, some of you might come in the usherings. Then you find a guy with a t-shirt, my great price. I will not use examples, but <laughs> praise God. The only males you'll see there are people like security because, you know, our women need to be, you know. But the, the rest is, 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 is strictly for women. The business symposium. How many of you have heard of this business symposium? <laughs> praise God. How many of you have not yet paid for the business symposium? Put up your hands. But you plan to pay. Put up your hands. Straight. Don't fear, you put up. I need to get a picture. <laughs> Praise God. Yes, because the numbers are running out. Please, you better be early. It's almost closing. How many days do we have to the women's conference? Praise God. So it's important for you to what? To pay in on time. Eh? And also pay for someone you feel led in your heart to invite because I feel God has spoken to me about the business people. There's something God wants to do for, for you know, career people, business, people like that. I feel 
there's something opening up for us spiritually. So you pay this week because cutoff time is over Wednesday. Praise God. So five ladies that one have, have, have whatevered. All ladies from 40, I think 40 to 45 and above are encouraged to join the Golden Mother's ministry. Praise God. So there's a meeting on Wednesday at 5 p.m. at the Uma Multipurpose Hall this Wednesday. Golden Mothers have a meeting. Hallelujah. So if you're there and you're above about 40, it's 45, not 42. 45 and above, you, you, you meet. Um, you come for that meeting on Wednesday because um, we need you. We need you as our mothers. Praise God. So 45 and above, you, you, you immediately you what? I know women have issues with <laughs> declaring their ages. You understand? <laughs> Found one I said, and your golden mother said. <laughs> Be proud of your age. You are alive. Hallelujah. Praise God. So, yeah. So we have um, children who dedicate. Baita Jotham is a child. Please ask your parents to bring you. Adriel Elena Morongi is a child. Please ask your parents to bring you. Daniel Othenel Chagara, please ask your parents to bring you. Praise God. Then uh, Pastor Ronnie's children also are going to be dedicated today. Rowana Mirembe, Faith Ethan, and the rest. Please come. Bring the children. Tell your parents to bring you. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, in Fanero, we talk to children like they're adults. Somebody shout Hallelujah. Pastor Joshua. When are we dedicating yours? <laughs> Somebody stretch your hands to Pastor Joshua and just ah, leave the man of God. <laughs> Praise God. Where are the kids? Pastor Ron. They're coming, eh? But they have not yet reached. Baliwa, Rowana Aliwa. Praise God. Any any other child? Okay. The ones that I've read are all here? Are all here? Yes, we are going to commit these children to God. Tell your neighbor, we are going to commit these children to God. I want you to stretch forth your hands towards these children and just speak the most beautiful words that anybody could ever speak on a child. Father, we thank you for Isaac, I mean, Baita or Jotham. We thank you for Adriel Eliana. We thank you for Daniel Othenel. We thank you for faith. We thank you for Rwanda. We thank you for Ethan. We thank you for all of these children that you brought here tonight. The Bible says that our children shall be for signs and wonders and they'll be potents. These parents bringing these children are saying that we know and assured that you're able to keep that which is committed to you and we commit our children to you, God. We commit our children to you, God. Keep them. Preserve them. 
God, let them be blessed in everything they do. Let them be used of you as you met their parents, so meet them and more. Reveal yourself to them. Let them never give in to the perversions and deceptions of this world. Let them be hedged in and hid from the deception and the lewdness of this world. May they never go the way of lucre and any other thing that perverts young men. May they grow up to be strong and pillars, trees in the kingdom and places of influence. May men call them blessed. May nations call them blessed. May their names be great. May they live a long life. May they go to their grave full of age like a stalk of wheat in its season. And may they see you more than any of our times. May they be tens and tens of years ahead of their peers. In Jesus' name we've prayed and believed. Amen. By the way, today is Pastor Ronnie's birthday. Hallelujah. Are you going to sing for him a song? Okay. Let's sing for him. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Pastor Ronnie. Happy birthday. We shall cut cake, but you're not invited. Praise God. It's going to be done in our, you know, our chambers. Praise God. It's going to be cut in the apostolic chambers where you're not invited. We shall send you pictures on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, wherever. Praise God. That, 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 that you will want to reach out. But you can send money. What? If you want to give and everything on his birthday, just bring all the money and give it to Apostle Emma. <laughs> he will deliver it. Praise God. He will deliver it. John chapter 14, verses 12. Are you there? Okay. John chapter 14, verses 12. The Bible says in John chapter 14, verses 12, he says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do because I go unto the Father. Somebody shout hallelujah. He says, verily, verily. I told you wherever you go in scripture and find the word verily, verily, repeat it. It means it's ancient wisdom. It's something that you cannot debate, cannot take away. It is something that God would swear by his own, but because there is none greater than him, he would swear against his name because he is God. He says, verily, verily, I say unto you that he that believeth on me. The Bible says, the works that I do, he shall do also. And the Bible says, and greater works than these shall he do because I go unto my father. Somebody shout, hallelujah. hallelujah. Now, years ago, I was listening to a teaching of a preacher. And this preacher was preaching in this very scripture, John 14, 12. And this scripture said, he said, when, 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 when the Bible says that, he, that if you believe, right, you shall do the things Christ did and more, he said. 
when the scripture said you shall do the things Christ did and more, he said, that it means that the body of Christ, because we are the body of Christ, we are believers in the Christendom. We are a body. We are all members of one body, which is Jesus. So he said, he means to say that the believers, right, of Jesus Christ, the holistic body of Jesus Christ brought together in one block will do the stuff Jesus did and will do greater stuff. That's what he said. He told that. And he doesn't own, he's not the only one who thinks that way. There are many people who actually think that way and say the same, that you know, this scripture applies to the whole of the Christendom because they think and they see that it's not practical. It is not physically or inhumanly practically understandable that somebody can have all and do all that Jesus did and even greater. Praise God. But also, if you go a bit deeper into this understanding, the thought of it scares every fiber in the being. Why? Because what the things that Jesus did were big. Right? But also, there are also people who interpret that scripture the way I just mentioned because of a sort of misguided piety, a sort of false humility. They are humble but in deception. Are you following? Um, because for them, they think that they protect the sovereignty of the one man that walked the surface of this earth. And therefore, try so much to put the man, believer, you there, and Jesus here. And the few things he will do with you. Praise God. So in that, they say, you know, we're protecting the person of the ministry of Jesus Christ. Such that in its own, it cannot hold a place of being unsanctified by any man pertaining the glory of the person of Christ in sharing the same. And then they get the Old Testament scripture and said, he shall not share his glory with what? With man. It's true, God does not share his glory with man. But to the fallen nature. Are you hearing what I'm saying? When you're a new creation, he regards no man after the flesh. He talks of the spirit. And Jesus, in his own script, in his own words, said, my glory have I given them. He said, my glory have I given them. Praise God. He said, my glory have I given glory. He says, and the glory which thou give me, I have given them. That they may be one even as we are one. So I carry the glory of Christ. Somebody shout hallelujah. So certain people out of that humility, false humility again, and then misguided piety in God, and then many of them start to separate themselves and say, you know what, God, you're there, me, I'm here, you walk, hey. but you see, as holistically as a body of Christ, we can share that glory, but no man can claim that glory and anointing on himself alone and say that he would do greater. It is because many of them in their minds, they are alienated from the life of God and in their brain, they have not yet comprehended our oneness with Christ. Somebody say amen. amen. They have not comprehended our oneness with Christ. It is so hard to be comprehended. Paul says, how be this knowledge is not in all men. 
He was amazed as many of us are and some of you are that certain things that are supposed to be obvious to certain people are not obvious. We deal, that's the world we deal in. You find a Christian and the things they say and they're doing, you ask yourself, but this is supposed to be obvious. How come it's, it's not obvious? It's not in certain people. But that is, that, that, that's so how it is. You understand? And so many people get so confused because they don't understand the things of the spirit. Why? The Bible says they're spiritually designed. They're not fleshly designed. They're spiritually designed. I'll give you an example. The scripture says, concerning the works of my hands, command ye me. And then some people say, eh, eh, you don't respect God. How do you just wake up and command God? You think you just come up and just command God like that? Like, who are you? You understand? Who are you to command God? Now, I know where they're coming from because they don't understand the language of faith. Faith has a language that goes beyond human articulation. It is the attitude of the human spirit with understanding of who God is. Somebody shout hallelujah. Faith has an attitude. And he said, command me. Now, what you think is offensive to God because you are getting God's grace, understanding, and nature and zeroing it down to your little overinflated ego of how can somebody talk to me so you think that that's how God thinks. Listen, he knows who you are. He knows who he is. And if he said that without faith it is impossible to please me, whether you want it or not, he will require of your faith. And if you require, if he requires of your faith, he has told you how he wants you to function in the law of faith. He said, command it. Speak it and say, I command this. I decree this. He said, it shall be done. He says, concerning the works of my hands, command ye me. But that, then there are people who are so humble. No, Jesus, how can I command you? I can only ask. In that day, you shall ask me nothing. He said, no, but how? You know, I have... I have to humble myself. There's a way, you see? Because many people don't understand it. They don't get it. Hallelujah. But thank God that the, the church of Jesus Christ is progressing in the knowledge. And so we understand these things. That does not take away our fear and honor of God. No. It doesn't take away that. Because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. You cannot carry a certain wisdom without a certain fear of the Lord. But that reverence of the Lord is not the same fear like you'd have of a lion or a tiger or hell because all of those carry harm. This fear, that reverence is out, is out of the hour of his power and overwhelming and unconditional love for mankind. But every time we talk about the love of God, I mean the fear of God, many people think of, oh, he might smite you. No, that's not. And you know why people don't fear him? Because some waited for his smite and he wasn't there. So he said, no, he's kawaii, he's cool. You understand? He's a man, but he understands. You know? But that's the mind. Are you following what I'm saying? Let us not get scripture to shape it into what we want it to say. The Bible said, verily, verily, I say unto you. He, singular, that believeth on me, the works, plural, that I do, shall he do also. And greater works, plural, then this shall he, singular, do, because I go to the Father. It means he's talking about one individual who believes on Christ. He's talking about one individual who believes in Jesus Christ. One individual. Anybody that believes on him. He said, he that believeth on me. He that believeth on me. He said, 
He that believeth on me. He says, the works that I have done, you shall do. Praise God. And he says, and greater works shall you do also. Somebody shout hallelujah. Think about it. Think about it. Greater works. Greater works. Greater works. But you see, many people, many of us say greater. Eh? And insist on greater. Which is, will come to later. Without the appreciation of the works he did. He has drawn two blocks here. He says, the works that I have done, you shall do also. And then he says, and greater works shall you do. So before we even go into the greater works, first go and understand what was upon me. The things that I did. When you understand the things that I did, then let's discuss the greater. Because by the time we get into greater, you, oh, you understand what I'm saying? Now, let me give you a, a typical example. Let's go into the life of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 9, verses 20. I think also Mark has an account of the same. He says, and probably I'll, I'll use the Mark version of that. A woman is diseased for 12 years. Mark 5.25. He says, a certain woman who had an issue of blood, she had an issue of blood for 12 years. I want you to see. And the Bible says, and had suffered many things of many physicians and had spent all that she had and was nothing bettered, but rather grew worse. Are you hearing me? When she had heard of Jesus, she came into press behind him and touched his garment. And she said to herself, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be made whole. And what happens? The Bible says straight away when she touched Jesus Christ, the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. Are you following me? She touched the hem of Jesus Christ and she was healed. But mark the word here. The, mark say, the word here says, she said, if only I can touch. This was a Christ that was not so near or easy to access, not because he had bodyguards, not because he was a special man of God that needed a... By the way, many people misrepresent Christ. That's not the son of God. He ate with sinners and, 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 and feasted with the publicans. He went to weddings and sat with men. Are you hearing me? Some people say, oh, even Jesus was guarded. What do you mean Jesus was guarded? Jesus, how could you guard the son of God? Some people don't have common sense. How can you guard the son of God? How can you guard God? How can man protect God? So there was a possibility of simply his life being taken without him giving it. Do people even know God? Because this is actually some people use, so you know, even Jesus was guarded. So if the man of God is guarded, he, listen. The disciples who were, the multitudes that were thronging at him, were thronging at him because they had need. Not because he was not secure. Even the disciples trying to protect him was because they were overwhelming the son of God with need. You understand what I'm saying? They were not protecting his life from being shot and harmed like some people are. 
I don't know what's wrong with Christians. No gun is, is big enough to protect the anointing. It's not there. Somebody shout hallelujah. Anyway. So, this lady says, if only, meaning that that was my understanding of faith. She has faith that if she comes in contact with this power, she would be made whole. Hallelujah. And like Matthew would account to it, the Bible says, verses 22, in Matthew 9, 22, he says, Jesus stand him about, and when he saw her, he said, daughter, be of good comfort. He said, thy faith has made thee whole, and the woman was made whole that very hour. But when the Bible says, and I want you to think with me, if the Bible says, if only I can touch, this was a woman's faith in accessing the life of Christ for healing. This was not the standard for the healing power of God. But this was a woman who said, I'm going to stretch out this way. And you know, many times when we are teaching faith, I have seen that we make a very grievous error, an inaccurate account of how the Christian has to receive by faith toward God. They bring an example of this woman. And they said, like Jesus reached out to touch the hem. Reach out and touch. Reach out and touch. Reach out and touch. Because again, it's true. They tell us that some, when you are acting in faith, you have to do something. But you see, whatever you do in faith has to be done in the revelation and understanding of, of the life, the nature, and the testimony of the New Testament and the gospel of Jesus Christ. Not just the emotional line. That's why people are fighting with God. They bring court scriptures like, you know, Jacob said, the Bible says, I will not leave you until you bless you. So you're going to wrestle with God tonight. Tell your neighbor, no, you, 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 you wrestle with God. You, you, you wrestle with, with God. Are you Jacob. That was one man's experience, not an instruction for the church to do. Do you understand? So someone wrestles, fire, I'll not leave you until you bless me. Blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. He says, you have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. You have been blessed. But there's someone saying, I will not leave you until you what? You bless me. Yet there's a people who know that they are blessed of the Lord. Somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. They are blessed of the Lord. But if somebody says, oh, until you bless me, I will not leave you. Father, fire, you understand? And then sometimes we teach and say, reach out to Jesus. Reach, you go and reach out. You have to stretch. You see, faith, the activation of faith in your life, again, has to be understood in light to the present truth and the testimony of Jesus Christ and what he has done and what he's doing in the present dispensation. And in teaching us that, they separated us from God. And it acted as though this is a sick Christian trying to reach out to Jesus. Who is in them for healing? He said, I'm in you. I in you. They in me. You understand that we might be one. That the world will know, praise the Lord Jesus Christ, that God has sent him. You are one with Christ, aren't you? 
So how then do you stretch your hand to reach out to touch the hem? How can you reach out to touch who is inside you? Hello? How can you reach out to touch in whom you live, move, and have your own being? Come on, help me somebody here. It's not possible. But see, that's what we teach. They teach, not me. That's what same people teach. Tell people, oh, you reach out, reach out to Jesus. Reach out, stretch your faith. You see, stretching your faith, again, has to be understood. It's not wrong to stretch your faith. It's not wrong to reach out. But how do you reach out? Do you reach out as one who is reaching out to God? He said, you shall not go to heaven and say, we're looking for the Savior. You shall not go beneath. He said, the word is thee. We reach out through the word of the Spirit. Hallelujah. He says, the word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thine heart. It is the word of faith which we preach. When you speak the word of faith, you're stretching your faith for the miracle. So, don't think that reaching out to God means that you, Father, come from heaven, touch me. You understand? Eh? And, and make me whole. And that's why some of you have not experienced God the way you ought. Because you don't even understand the order of the operation of the spirit of God. For them, it's from without into within. No, the Christian does not receive Christ. I mean, does not receive the glory and the anointing from without to within. Even when a man of God lays hands on you, the first contact to you is your spirit. But you see, we used to sing the songs. The songs, touch my body, touch my soul, uh -huh. touch my Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Then you see a woman crying. Ah, hallelujah. It's to the spirit, through the soul, and to the body. Somebody shout hallelujah. The woman touched him. And the Bible says, be of comfort, for she was made whole that very hour. Praise God. Jesus healed her. I'm talking about his works. I'm just giving you one. I'm just giving you one. Now, remember she said, if only. So when you read the scripture saying, if only, it means... That was her standard of receiving from Christ. It wasn't the universal standard. No, it was her standard of receiving from Christ. She said, if only I can touch. What if that woman said, if only I could smell, would she have been healed? What if she said, if only I can see, would she have been healed? What if she said, if only I had thought, would she have been healed? Why? Faith. But this was the operation of faith on the son of God who was not limited in the anointing. The Bible says that he that speaketh the word of God, the Bible says the words of God. He says he is given an anointing. The Bible says the Lord does not give to him the spirit with measure. That means he gives him the spirit without measure. Praise God. When a man understands the word of God a certain way, the Bible says he does not measure. He doesn't, he doesn't, there is no limitation to a man who speaketh the words of God. 
This was Christ, the example. That means he was available for man to have whatever they wanted. Men could only reach out according to their level of faith. And God didn't even call that woman's faith great. It was normal faith. In scripture, we have two examples of two great faith. Two, two examples of great faith. One is the, what? Syrophoenician woman, right? She said, she comes for healing. And he said, uh-uh, you are a stranger to the covenant. You're not a spouse to the premises of the children of Israel. It is not meet to give the children, I mean the, 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 the dogs to eat of what? To eat of the children's bread. Hallelujah. Which was healing. Somebody shout hallelujah. You can't cast the children's bread, bread to the dogs. And then Jesus, and then the lady said, but even the dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Hallelujah. And, she say, and Jesus answered and said, oh woman, great is that thy faith. What happened? The Bible says she was made whole that very hour. This was not a Jew. The greatest faith spoken of in scripture was not of people in the covenant. The Roman centurion. For him his faith was, can you send a word? This, this is him putting faith on the son of God. He said, I'm not worthy that you should enter my house. But if you will send a word, I am sure my son, my servant, shall be made whole. And what does the scripture tell us? The scripture tells us Jesus sent a word. And the Bible says, and that very hour, the servant of God, the servant of the Roman centurion, was healed. And the Bible says, he marveled. And he says, for I have not seen such great faith as I've seen in Israel. He says, I've not found great faith. No, not in Israel. He said, even in people who are not strangers to the promise, I have not seen this greatness of faith. The greatest faith recorded in the history, biblical history, was by people who were not Jews. I feel sorry for Jews. Because some think that because they are Jewish by blood, therefore certain promises will come to them automatically. Listen to last Sunday's sermon. Gentiles were doing great faith before God. Because in Christ, there is neither Jew nor Gentile. Hallelujah. Circumcision profiteth nothing but faith. Somebody shout hallelujah. The new creation. He says, for in Christ, neither circumcision availeth anything or uncircumcision. He says, but faith, but faith, but faith, which worketh by love. Are you following what I'm saying? Faith. Anybody who dares to believe on him. But are you believing on him as an unregenerated being? Are you believing like the Syrophoenician woman? Are you believing like the Roman centurion? Or are you believing as a child of God? Those two things are different. Hallelujah. Now, let's go back a bit. Because I, I know you're thinking with me. Anyway, a woman is healed, like we said in Matthew 9, of a bleeding issue. And I believe rumors started moving around. People started speaking, you know, there's this guy. A woman touched him. 12 years she was sick and she was made whole. Some got stuck in the method and lost the suckedness of the message. Are you following what I'm saying? They got stuck in the method and lost the suckedness of the message and the person who was bringing this message of the kingdom. And what happened? In Matthew chapter 14, the Bible says, verses 34, 
The Bible says they were gone over and they came into the land of Gennesaret. And the Bible says, and when the men of that place had the knowledge of him. I want you to see how much anointing was on this man. Such that you understand these works we are talking about. They, they are not just helping people. No, no, this is. He said, when the men of that place had the knowledge of him. The Bible says they sent out in all that country round about. And brought unto him all that were diseased. I want you to understand this. <laughs> I said, Listen. When I'm reading this story, I want you to de describe, I mean, draw the most descriptive image in your mind and imagine your own picture of this event. Right? In the earlier service, I was telling people about a certain writer called Albert Camus. That guy wrote a book called The Plague, Literature Students. Pastor Zach, you didn't do literature, of course. Any, this guy was one of the most descriptive writers. When he describes blood, you can smell it. When he talks about death, it comes near. He was a French fellow. Very, very, very descriptive. I want you to put an image of a man who had healed a woman for 12 years and rumors started moving. And so he goes in Gennesaret. And when he enters Gennesaret, the men of that country hear that the man is here. And the Bible says they sent out in all that country, round about and brought unto him, all oh! that were diseased. I want you to imagine people carrying, carrying uh, crippled people, maimed bodies, short limbs, missing hands, missing hands and legs. Are you hearing me? Put him down, put him down. You understand what I'm saying? Missing parts, body parts, tumors, swollen, jaundiced stomachs. Right? Some who are born disfigured, blind eyes, deaf ears, dumb people, dying people on stretchers, almost to death. And the Bible is like when the announcement said, Every sick person in Uganda come at Kololo. Every. And then they start carrying every sick person. That is what happened. I want you to the works I have done, he says, they brought all sick people. I want you to imagine every sick, crippled creature that you've ever seen, whether on the road and he had just a short two limbs, legs that were not there. I want you to imagine all that manner of sickness. Get all Mulago and all the hospitals of the nation and put all sick folk in one place and they're smelling the way they are smelling. They're looking the way they're looking. They're, they're, some are, everything is just misplaced. Some are probably Every, they are wasted and smelling of death. And the Bible says, and they brought all of these people and put them there. And the Bible says, and they besought him that he might only, again you see, they are saying, we know you're able, but we, this is the way we want you to do it. He says, only you might touch the hem of his garment. And as many, the Bible says, as touched him. The Bible says they were made perfectly whole. Oh. 
And he didn't say the apostle who believes. He did not say the prophet who believes. He did not say the pastor who believes, the evangelist who believes. He did not say the special man of God, the consecrated one who believes. He says, he who ever believeth on me. The works that I have done, he said, you shall do. And now imagine greater works also shall you do. Because they were dealing with a man whose anointing was immeasurable, unlimited, and surpassing greatness. And that is what he has promised in Ephesians 1. I think from 17, 18 there. He says that you can know the immeasurable, unlimited, and surpassing of greatness of his power. Where? In heaven? He says in us and for us. Who what? Who what? Who are apostles? Who are consecrated special men of God? Who go on prayer mountains? Who have shaved their heads with a Nazarite vow? He said, all who believe as demonstrated in the working of his mighty strength. Verily, verily. Verily, verily. Slap yourself. Verily, verily. He said, I... Whoever believes, he said, the works that I have done, you shall do also. Imagine crippled men walking, blind eyes seeing, tumors living, blind, all manner of sicknesses. And the Bible, when the Bible says they were perfectly, I love the word that they were made perfectly. That means the person didn't live, no, no, no. Are you following what I'm trying to tell you? They were all perfectly made whole. Perfectly, perfectly, perfectly. Nothing missing. Imagine you were raised with a relative and they had, they had missing limbs. They were born with missing limbs. And then eventually they go to that meeting and for the first time you see this fellow coming, walking straight, tall with his legs and hands and feet like he was never born with. And this happened under one man. And he says, the works that I have done, whosoever believes. So yes, I have never seen that in, in history after the Bible. I've never heard of it in history after the Bible. And because we've not seen it, many people assume that it doesn't exist. And day by day, the church is drawing away from that reality. It was a knowledge issue. This was a man of God with words. Hallelujah. This was a man of God with a certain message. And that message existed up to today. I was sharing with the pastors in the boardroom today and I said, look, some people invest a lot of money building facilities and institutions which are all okay, but all of those things are useless if they don't have the message. The Puritans built Harvard, the university. It is reputable up to today. Go to Harvard and show me the Holy Spirit and the power of God. Even the Christianity in some of these universities now has inclined more to the liberal Christianity. 
that questions the basic tenets of the Christian faith. And many of them are inclining more to rationalism and, and are reasoning out the gospel. And now reasoning, I mean faith is explaining reason. Reason is not explaining faith. Faith is submitted to reason. Yali, those are Christian universities. Princeton, all of those, you go now and see how they look like. Alexander Doe built Zion, Illinois, a city. And he saw that when he gets a city of believers, puts them together, then somehow they will bring a certain revival and, rev, uh, and reformation for the body of Christ. Go to Zion, Illinois and tell me how many churches are there and how many people there really believe in the work of Alexander Doe. Praise God. Calvin tried to build a city of God in Geneva. Go to Geneva right now and, build, and look for me how many churches are there. I'm not saying there's a problem in building schools and hospitals. Those are okay. But they don't leave the fundamental line of the history. They don't preserve the testimony. But if you go back as old as Scan, whether you're talking of Kenneth Hagin, we remember him because of the message. Whether you're talking of John Wycliffe, we remember the message. John Hus, we remember the message. Uh, Martin Luther, we remember the message. Bigger than the what? Than the institution. John Wesley, we remember the message bigger than the institution. I'm only trying to tell you that it doesn't matter how much you test, a man has to get a certain access. It doesn't matter how many businesses you build, you people who do businesses, it doesn't matter how many conglomerates you build, you who build conglomerates. But if you don't leave a message, those things die with their own doing. And there's a Christian who thinks that by building a city, he's building walls on the gospel and trying to preserve a posterity. For himself, maybe. But the gospel is preserved by a message. Now we hear men building cities, but without a distinctive message. So I'm not saying I have a problem with all this. All of those are important. We'll build schools and all of these. Those are important. But what do we leave in these schools? What do you leave in this, in this, in this whatever? He said the words. He has given us the guarantee that he that speaketh the words of God. He says to him is an anointing beyond measure. That means the influence on your life will be so impeccable that long way before you're gone, something will be written about you. In the book of Acts chapter 5, the Bible says they started to teach the word. They started to preach the word. Hallelujah. And, and apostles were preaching and laying hands on people. And many signs and wonders in Solomon's porch. They used to gather people, teach and then pray for them. To teach and then pray for them. Teach and then pray for them. Teach, teach. And the Bible says, and, and in so much, verses, uh, um, uh, verses 14, he says, and believers were the more added to the Lord multitudes, both men and women. And in so much, the Bible says that they brought the sick. Listen, again, this is Peter's time. He says they brought the sick. Hallelujah. And, 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 where were we? Sorry. Let me use mine. Yes, were added on the Lord. And the Bible says in so much that they brought forth the sick into the streets, right? And laid them on beds and coaches that at least, at least, again, you remember the, the other woman, if I can only. Remember the healing of the people in the country of Gennesaret, if only. Here, he's used the word, if at least. 
Are you still following? Because it's not limited on the shadow. It's not limited on how the man accesses, but it is limited. It is not limited on how, the, how much the man accesses, but it is limited on how much the man is ready to receive and understand and know. And the Bible tells you that they brought sick from the streets and laid them on the beds. Now, again, draw the picture. Draw the image. Remember, if, you, if, if, if I have to take you back a bit, praise the Lord. The Bible says... In the same period, Peter had, had gotten the house of, of Tyrannus and gotten some 12 who had received the spirit before. Is that, is that it? Paul. No, Paul comes later. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll come back to that. To that. that was Paul in Tyrannus. I'll come back to the second issue. But remember, the Bible says that there, were, there, were, there, were, there, was, there was teaching even from the time of Solomon's porch, right? And through that, as they were bringing the sick huh? and, and, and them that were, and that, that were maimed and diseased, I want you to follow the precept that firstly there was a necessity of the church to be taught and in the process of the, ch of the church to be taught then the sick were healed. You see the teaching preceded the what? The healing. Even when Jesus was in his own the scriptures tell us and many of them did not believe. What happened? The Bible tells us that he could not heal except for those minor illnesses and minor in the Hebrew language speaks of things like cough and flu. He couldn't do like tumors and what. But the Bible says he still went in the cities and taught. Because again, God is telling us that as the church draws deeper and deeper into a certain knowledge, we are coming to that perfection and reality where a time will come where the very things that he has done we shall do even more. Now, look at the Bible says, he says they start to bring sick people. Again, draw the picture. They're on the streets and everywhere. They've put every kind of sick person. And Peter's shadow is moving. But every shadow that touches the person, the Bible says, his shadow overshadowing them, the Bible says they were healed. They were made whole. This was a man, Peter, who had understood that when Jesus said that these works you shall do and more, he believed it. Praise God. Somebody shout hallelujah. So later on we get to the house of what? Of Paul. We're going to come to the Tyrannus thing, sorry. Now, the Bible says there were people also who had, they, they come to, 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 to in Ephesus, right? And the Bible tells us, he goes through and finds certain disciples. And he asks them, did you, were you baptized? Did you receive the Holy Ghost? And the Bible says he prays for them and then they receive the what? The Spirit. And when he received the Spirit, the, the Bible says there were 12. And what happens? He stays there teaching for about three months. And as he's teaching, many people hardened their hearts from this life. They hardened their hearts from, 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 from the teachings of the kingdom. Many people refused to yield themselves to the will of the spirit. And in, 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 in verses 9 years, when divers were hardened and believed not, but spoke evil of the way before the multitude, the Bible says he departed from them and separated the disciples, disputing daily in the school of one Tyrannus. Yes, that was Paul. He gets into the, 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 the school, the house of the building of the one guy called Tyrannus, and then he gets these guys who have the understanding and says, let me begin with this who understand and start teaching. Are you hearing me? And the Bible says he stayed there for two years. One, two. And the Bible says this continued by the space of two years so that all, the Bible says, that dwelt in Asia had the word of the Lord 
Jesus, both Jews and Greeks. And as the word came and people were being taught and everyone heard, the Bible says, and God wrote. Are you following? The Bible says, and then God wrote special miracles by what? Yes. And it says, so that from his body, from his body, right? were brought unto the sick handkerchiefs or aprons and diseases departed from them. And the Bible says, and them that had evil spirits went out. That means if you're dealing with Paul, somebody just needed to put a hanky on Paul. Right? And then go on somebody who is demon possessed and just do this. This. Who is following what I'm saying? He just finds somebody possessed with devils and then does this. Now, he, remember, let me take you back. He that believeth. Here, we're not talking about special apostle. He that believeth. They, they just used to wave hankies like this. Are you following? And as they wave hankies like this, or put them on the people who are evil possessed, a demon would not stand the anointing of an apron or handkerchief that touched Paul. Think with me. Think with me. Think with me. These are men who walk the surface of this earth. And he said, if you had a tumor, you just hit Paul like that. Praise God. And then you find someone with a poor tumor. You put it on. The tumor disappears. He says, oh, the, neighbors, uh, the neighbor, there's a man dying of, 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 of leprosy. You go. Put it on. He's healed. Oh, no, no, no. In the neighborhood. So I, said, so I said, get that hanky and put it in your business. And just put it there. That is the kind of faith I'm talking about. Who is following what I'm trying to tell you? The Bible says anything that touched Paul. Anything that touched Paul. I think, put that down. He wanted to heal people. Are you hearing me? But he realized that he could not go laying hands on everyone. And I think he said, what if even the thought that faith could be directed. Please, whatever happens, don't move. It's the anointing, but don't worry. Let it not scare you. Now, listen. It's even sad that we are in a generation that fears power. <laughs> We're in a generation now that fears power. And yet we've not seen much. Are you following what I'm trying to tell you? Now, the Bible says, you get a hanky. You put it on a man. Because he realized, maybe, I just need to lay hands on these hankies and let them put them on the sick. And the Bible says, and the sick were healed. Perfectly made whole. Demons would obey on anything that touched this man. This is Paul. And God is telling you that is just an example. He said, those I have done. He says, greater. Imagine greater. Imagine greater. Praise God. Imagine greater. Imagine greater. Who's following what I'm trying to tell you? And he said, for whosoever believeth, How can God give such liberty to a human spirit? It's too much. 
under some say it's not possible. Or some try to look for excuse. But you see, we are getting to a level where we can no longer give an excuse for our inefficiency. We cannot be afraid of the power. We cannot be afraid of the anointing. We cannot continue ignoring the anointing. We cannot continue acting like the anointing is not present. He said, unless you say I'm not believing, but if you choose to believe, this is inevitable. It's unavoidable. We can't run away from it. Somebody said hallelujah. We can't run away from that liberty. We cannot continue becoming more and more liberal and more and more detached to everything we can't explain because you think order for you is people sitting silent. For you, that's your definition of order. But I've seen many folk who are seated silently, but their heads are very confused. They don't even know God, but they sit because they have the order of the body. They think that their spirits and souls are in order. Somebody shout hallelujah. And then he said, this very anointing is on whosoever believes. Now, if what he did, if a whole country, a whole country, if a whole country could be healed, and then he says, greater work shall you do. No, he said, firstly, what I have done, you will do. But greater work shall you do. You again see that even in the time of Paul, there was a necessity for a certain teaching. And out of that, then the special miracles came. It means we cannot run away from knowledge. We cannot run away from revelation. That's why when I'm reading my Bible, I don't read the Bible to preach on Sunday. No, I read the Bible to get that thing. There is something that I see is missing in this dispensation. And I feel that as we progress to dig deeper into this thing, every other day we are coming close to the reality of that experience. And some of us would die disappointed men if we don't see it. Doesn't matter how many results we have. We would die disappointed men. Because some of us have settled and say, God, we settle for the best and nothing less. That's the responsibility of the freedom and the liberty of the spirit. And he said, whosoever believeth. Oh, I have seen miracles. I've seen, seen, I've seen skins heal immediately, instantly. I've seen limbs grow. I've seen lame men walk. I've seen crippled men. I've seen, you've seen, you've been here, you've seen it all. Every day, people are healed. But I'm talking of something way bigger than that. The law of association is a very powerful principle in the understanding of the realm of faith. If a hunky could be associated with a man and it carries life, how many more things associated with us will many things associated with us have power by faith to do the most 
unbelievable miracles in the lives of men because we chose to believe. How can we die ordinary men? Get to your feet and start to pray. Pray. Come on, talk to God. The anointing of the Holy Spirit is here. The power of God is here. The glory of God is here. The working of the spirit is here. There is a man and a woman on this ground who has understood exactly what God is saying. Sarababa. Put them on the floor. Do you believe? Do you believe? Are you ready to believe God? I said, are you ready to believe God? When the spirit takes over your soul, when the spirit takes over your soul, you will be changed. His glory will be. Spirit takes over your soul when his power takes over your soul when his power takes over your talk to God Father we are ready to believe you we are ready to believe it doesn't matter how crazy it is Rosa Catabatala Baba 
generation cannot pray they can't even sustain a prayer our generation cannot even fast they, they even fear to believe God we cannot live that way somebody has got to believe If you're here and you've never given your life to Christ and you're there and you say, you know what, I want to receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. It's the best decision you could ever make. I want to give you an opportunity to walk here right now and receive him as your Lord and Savior. If you want to be born again and you want to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, please come here. I want to pray with you. If you want to be born again, only born again, I want to pray with you. And if you're sick in your body, receive your healing now. 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 You're healed in the name of Jesus. You're healed in the name of Jesus. You're healed in the name of Jesus. Come and receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Now, come and receive Jesus as your Lord and say, Come and receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Thank you, Lord. Now, are you are all here? Okay. They are all here. Are you coming? Brother, are you coming? Okay. I want you to repeat these words after me, those of you who have come. Repeat these words. Say, Jesus, today I have heard your word. Say, Jesus, my heart believes 
tell him that you died for my sins and was raised for me tonight I receive you as my Lord and Savior I'm born again Amen those of you who have prayed please go with it now the service is finished okay you guys can go home thank you for coming um, again I repeat the service is what done so thank you for coming see you on Thursday